Hello and welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. We're back after our two-week hiatus for Christmas. Uh, Jim is with me as always. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. I'm kind of stuck in this middle between Christmas and New Year's, but the time off is nice. I hope you guys have had a little downtime as well. Right. So we figured we would come right back with some actual knowledge. So we're going to jump right in with Jason Mackey. (laughs) <laughs> the uh, beat reporter for the Pirates over at the PG. And uh, you've had, you know, a multitude of other titles. I don't know if you want to update people on what, what you're doing, <laughs> bouncing up and down the, the command chain there. But Man, I, I, I back to normal the way I look at it. I've, I've been tumbling around doing all kinds of different junk, and now I'm just Pirates beat writer, man. It's my beat. I, I'm thrilled to be doing it. This way, back to covering ball. Uh, we tried the senior sports writer thing for a variety of factors, just did not work. Um, had some staff departures and the strike and everything else going on. But that's just, yeah. you know, when it came down to it, I missed doing this. I And, you know, here we are. I'm not complaining at all. I asked to come back and I'm thrilled that we are. And, you know, I, I missed I missed being in the grind a bit. I think I learned a little bit about myself and all of this is like I'm I'm good or I'm most comfortable being around something every day so it's so uh, you, won't, you won't be too upset then if we just talk baseball and pirates then that's my nope <laughs> no not at all my man i'm counting down days till spring training we got our place i'm i'm ready to go i yeah no we'll not complain i'm excited about spring training this year for the first time in a while you know and i kind of expected to be i thought 2023 was going to look a little different um this offseason, though, Jason, they have done everything they kind of said they would do. They wanted to fix first base for 2023. They did. They wanted to add a couple starting pitchers. They mostly did. And <laughs> they wanted to add bullpen arms again. Done. I may have liked another veteran lefty instead of a roll five, but okay. Um, needed to add some outfield right-handed depth. Did. So mm-hmm. they'd spend more. Have. I mean, the only people surprised by this are the multitudes of people who don't believe a damn thing they say, Jason. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, I'm, I'm with you. And I get accused of being a boot licker or uh, drinking the Kool-Aid or I'm trying to think whatever else has come my way in That's the past. That's Jim's week. favorite insult, by the way. So. Boot licker? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be ridiculing here. Um, I, I, I don't I miss the day where I'm propping up all of their signings as as being like, you know, instantly thrusting them into the contention in the NL Central. I mean, like this, this is part of it, man. Like pe- people love to talk about, oh, well, they, they why won't they, they bring this guy in for this seven year deal or whatever? Why do you think somebody who has those kind of options wants to play here right now? Why? And I think that's, you know, they're trying to change that perception. I think it takes steps. You can't get there immediately. I'm not sure it makes the most business sense for the Pirates to do that. I mean, we like you should be able to read the room this at this point if you're a Pirates fan, like what they're trying to do, what sort of business model works. Like you don't want the payroll. Once this thing grows the way it should, you don't want the payroll going too low and it's probably never going to go too high. Like you look at the Reds and they get up and then all of a sudden, like the bottom falls out. And I don't think yeah. that's the business model that the Pirates want. And so to do that, you're going to get there incrementally. You're not going to get there with that 
seven-year deal or whatever. So, I mean, some of these signings are imperfect. Some of them are not going to work. I don't think they're they're all going to, you know, go out as, as good as they may look on paper, but they're also not all going to suck. Um, I like what some of these guys can bring, especially from an intangible stand, standpoint. You know, if you and look at your rookies that hit 200 last year, aren't going to hit 200 this year. You know, I mean, like, so. but even if they do, I mean, there should be new like you should expect some improvement overall. I mean, and Jim, this is something we've talked about a lot. I understand wanting to spend money. We talk about money a lot. They're in a weird stage right now, though. Like, where do you really want to spend it? Because you 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 don't want to be blocking any of this pitching staff. So, like a one year deal for a Rich Hill, he's not my ideal candidate either, but. They needed a lefty. They got one. He's got experience. If he gets injured or gets these blisters that he always gets, great. Ortiz comes up and pitches a game or two. Yeah. You know, that's what I want. What do you think? Yeah. Especially when you look at like a Rich Hill, I think there's like, there's two ways to look at it. And if you're looking at it one way, you're pissed off. If you're looking at it the other way, you're okay with it. And that's because if you're, if you're, if you're preferring that this be a three or four year signing um, of a guy and you're wanting something better than Rich Hill and more um, stability moving forward into this next part of what they're going to be able to do, then you're going to be disappointed. But if it's for the year and the signing, it's not a bad move. He's still a pretty effective pitcher. So, I mean, I think it's just how you approach it. If you're looking for a a better signing long-term, then, of course, you're going to be disappointed. But this guy still can pitch. I mean, there's just no way around that. I mean, even when you go looking at his numbers and try to dive into things, last year was probably his worst year, and he still wasn't that bad. So. This curveball might be the prettiest pitch in baseball, too. Yes. Yes. I I can't wait to see it. Well, I want to see how he plays in, in PNC Park, you know, right? But it yeah. seems like forever since we've got to see a lefty pitcher that's a starter make PNC Park work for them. So I, I, I like the signing. I understand if you're looking at it big picture, it's nothing sexy, but it makes them better for this year. I think that that's the goal, right? Yeah. And Jason, I think left-handed starter is probably one of the few spots where they probably could have afforded to give some term. You know, you probably really could have spent some yep. money and got like a, a Jose Quintana for two, three years here because you don't have a big lefty coming. But I don't I don't think that would interest Quintana. I really don't. I mean, he got 26 over two for the Mets. Like even if the Pirates, let's say the Pirates came in at 39 over three. If you're Quintana, which one of those would you take? The Mets spending spree and leave a little bit of money on the table and have a chance at a ring? Or come here and say, well, I'm going to be the good veteran, but I know this team's not going to the playoffs. Like, we we know which option makes more sense to him. So, I mean, to me, that's the conundrum they're in right now is that guys that are good and command multi-year deals typically can land elsewhere. And you're going to have to overpay and find a very small sweet spot to get that guy. And to me, I look at this as one step, meaning Rich Hill. This is one important step because a lot of people, frankly, as they should be, are skeptical of the Pirates and their spending habits and how they do things. And are they going to win? Are they going to do this the right way? Rich Hill knows 4,000 people in baseball, maybe more. Rich Hill has been everywhere. He's seen good. He's seen bad. 
Rich Hill has decided to come to Pittsburgh and say, this is a good option for me. I'm willing to gamble with my professional career to come here because we know the Red Sox were at least in relative pursuit as well. If this goes well, and I mean, Rich Hill's going to talk to people, there are going to be interviews, there are going to be stories written or whatever. Like that's a big nudge in a positive direction for the Pirates, especially because of how well-known Rich Hill is. So I look at that benefit for the Pirates as well. What does the $8 million price tag put out there for agents to take notice of next year? I mean, do they see that as a little bit of an overpay for an older guy and maybe the Pirates aren't to be ignored next year? Yeah, I think the Pirates have this offseason done at least a little bit to change the perception of them externally. I think fans are still going to be upset until this changes. And then their perception is going to change when the win-loss record is different. But around the industry, like, again, I mean, it, it's still a lot of, you know, same old pirates. They're cheap. Brian Reynolds. Like, they don't look at it like, oh, my God, the pirates are such a mess. Brian Reynolds wants out of this. Like, it's looked at as, well, the pirates were never going to pay Brian Reynolds because they're cheap. And if he wants the contract that he deserves, he's going to have to go elsewhere to get it. Not wrong. Not wrong. And, and there's, you know, I mean, they could have done things differently. I don't I don't blame Brian Reynolds for not taking a discount to stay here just because people may want him to do that. But I mean, I do think some of the moves they made this offseason have helped change the perception of them. But it's not an overnight thing. The other, the other thing I other wanted to say, one other thing about Rich Hill is like when you got so many young guys on a staff, typically I'm not a big like, oh, veteran presence, you need that leadership. I do think in this stand from this standpoint with Rich Hill, he has been a round and he has been a pretty good pitcher. And I really do think that there's a there's a nice mentorship that can happen there with a lot of these yep. young guys that the Pirates have on their staff. I totally agree with you, Jim. And and like on the mound, I mean, Rich Hill is a different cat on the mound. I mean, I've, I've never met him, but I mean, from talking to people who've covered him, I'm talking to a player who caught him recently, like after this call. I mean, he is so competitive and fiery and crazy on the mound. Like some of their guys can learn that. I yeah. love Quinn Priester, but like. You know, if, if you give me a little bit of like, I want to give you a middle finger type of personality, great. Mike Burroughs can be that too. Mike Burroughs is close to that. I want that demeanor. He prepares a ton. Like Jose Quintana was so good about that stuff, talking to Rowanzi or Mitch or even how the guy goes about his business. Like it's very clear every single day he has an organized, coherent plan. That was not always the case with the pirates. And I mean, to my understanding, Rich Hill is like that and much, much more. Sweet. Hey, let's take a quick break. Come back. Let's talk a little bit more about the pitching staff. I think it's the most interesting thing there is on this team. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I've removed my hoodie because I'm sick and feverish and I'm starting to lose train of thought because of it. Gotta so, sweat it out. <laughs> sweat it out, Gary. Sweat yeah. it out. Um, but we got Jason Mackey with us. Let's take advantage of it. Um, Jason, I think the pitching staff is it's been the most interesting aspect of this team because of where it could be by the end of 2023. 
Now, in order to see all the Quinn Priester and Mike Burroughs and Luis Ortiz and Johan Oviedo's and Cody Bolton's, yeah, people are going to have to lose their jobs, right? I mean, there aren't a lot of players that I'm looking to lose their jobs. Like, you don't want Mitch Keller losing his job. You don't want Rowanzi Contreras losing his job, right? Even right. JT Brubaker, you'd prefer him sticking the rotation. Where do they all fit? And is it a mistake if they don't get eyes on these people this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I love this problem. I love this problem. This is this is as old as baseball itself. Like, oh, we have too much pitching. How do we fit all this stuff? Like, it never works out. You never have enough pitching. I don't know what's going to happen, but they're never going to have enough pitching. Um, I will say this, then in covering Derek Shelton for now three and a half, whatever the heck it is, years, um, 20, 21, three, three years, one of them being a COVID year. Um, I mean, the dude loves to avoid the third time through. So there's innings available in the mid- middle of games, like the, the back end of their bullpen, in my opinion. You know, you're looking at Bednar, Holderman, Crow, Garcia, some combination thereof. Um, you know, yeah, and so maybe. maybe. La, yeah. I mean, you know, I wrote earlier, I mean, De Los Santos, you can theoretically stash him in AAA for a little bit. Moretta, same deal. But I mean, maybe you don't want to go that route. Maybe he's just one of your best relievers. I'm fine with that. But like what I'm saying is you can either piggyback or you're going to be removing guys, you know, after two times through the order, you're going to need to cover those middle innings. And so maybe that is a Johan Oviedo kind of thing. I don't know. Maybe that's how they use Ortiz at the beginning conservatively, if that's a route they want to go or, you know, give a guy, stop him in a rotation, have him pitch two, three innings out of the bullpen, something like, I, I don't know, but I mean, creative pitching usage will be one. Um, I think if you're the Pirates, you need to manipulate the injured list. You're not going to, you know, pedal to the metal with Ortiz, probably still not with Rowanzi, probably Oviedo, somebody you watch, care about. I mean, I think you can give Brew, Mitch, Velasquez, um, Rich Hill, you know, you're probably going to, he's going to have some blisters from from time to time like you said and you have Oviedo pitch for him that's fine um, but I think you need to get creative managing the innings on the staff I don't think you're going to see anybody throw 200 innings um, you know they might not have anybody throw 150 I think Jason you're bringing up a really good point is like and this is what got them in trouble last year which is you want to limit that third time to the inning or through the game you know and third time through an order so then all of a sudden if you don't have anybody in the middle to take those innings, well, that's going to your bullpen, like flat out bullpen. And then it's just decimating it by the time August rolls around. Right. So there are those bridge guys and they've got a few of those guys now, whether you're talking about um, like you mentioned Oviedo, um, you've got uh, um, Thompson, you know, you've got um, guys like that. that Cody Bolton, you brought him up earlier. That's Cody another. Bolton, like yeah. some guys that can fill those roles to provide that bridge to where you're not just running on fumes at the end of games with guys that just, I mean, there aren't, look at Will Crow. Look at Will Crow. Perfect example last year of by the time, by the time the end of the season rolls around, he was a shell of himself. And I think options are really important too. And we just saw the first instance of that really coming up with Bryce Wilson being DFA'd. I think that's a direct reflection of him having no options. Um, and I don't really think he profiles as a bullpen arm. Yeah. So, um, he struggle with that. I, yeah. I just don't think he has the stuff to really go back there. And I don't, 
your goal shouldn't be to use a long reliever all the time. And I don't think, right. I just don't think that's what you want. So to me, he didn't have a place. I've been talking about that for weeks, Jim. Yeah. Options are really important. And most of their staff now has options. That's, that's kind of key. I think. Yeah. I mean, the goal shouldn't be to use a long reliever. I mean, the goal should be to get a lead, have your starter go five or six, have it, have it set up seven, eight, nine, or even six plus seven, eight, nine. Um, but you know, they're, they're, they're the pirates. Like, let's be realistic. They're going to have deficit games and God, do I hate that term? It sounds like, you know, some corporate America <laughs> invented thing, you know, to try to be PC, but it's true. Like, you know, if you're down, you need somebody to pitch. There's innings available to not, I forget who said it earlier, but just, you know, not run the wheels off of your back end when we have a lead guys. And, you know, whether that's the young, whether that's Cody Bolton, whether that's one of the top five or six, you know, that we're talking about that you flex out to kind of lighten his workload for a week or two. I don't care how it is, but I mean, whether it's options, whether it's It's, employment, you got to get creative. Managing the innings at 50 games through a season, you can do it and look pretty smart doing it. 100 games, it starts looking a little uglier. Yeah, 150, you saw it last year, and then the injuries, of course, but that can come from some of that overuse as well. So I think you know, that's exactly what we watched play out last year. The bullpen really carried the team early on. You know, as much as they could possibly be carried, well, not and maybe. Them. And let's hope they've learned a lesson with Bednar, too. You know, I know he's a big guy. I know he looks like he's a Clydesdale with, you know, um, a pirate uniform on. But you, you can't you can't just assume those guys can hold up no matter what they look like. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can't have your closer getting six out saves on the regular. And I mean, that came from a lack of setup guy the whole time. And guys, I do think their bullpen can be a strength. I really do. I don't know whether I'm insane for thinking that maybe I am, but I mean, like I think Colin Holderman can be really good. I like Uh, like him a lot, Jason. Yeah. I I like the Harleen Garcia signing. Will Crow used appropriately. I like, um, you know, they, they can be good. Moretta, I don't think is going to stink here. They have some intriguing things there. De Los Santos. We talked about him earlier. I'm curious on Hernandez. You know, you give me a lefty who's athletic, who has through two pitches and throws one of them 100 miles an hour. I'm good with that. Um, so, I mean, Bednar shouldn't have to get six out saves. He should be in, better insulated. Um, and I think he is. And that's, you know, again, it's it just starters give you length. You have some middle middle options in the bullpen and you have guys at the back end. It should work together. What's funny, Jason, is you list all those names. And, and normally I feel like when you when you offer a tender to a guy, they're safe. But I don't feel that way with Underwood and Stevenson in particular. Um, they don't have options. I just I don't see necessarily uh, Underwood. First of all, let me just get this out of the way and get all the hate. Underwood is not as bad as the fan base at large thinks. I mean, he, <laughs> he's been asked to do too much, and he's been asked to fill roles he shouldn't have filled. But he's got stuff. He can give you innings. He's not a bad reliever. I'm not 100% like, let's cut him. But guys like him got to be on the on the block, right? I mean, you can't be thinking that you want to lock yourself in there. Or do they do that because they want to keep the option guys in play? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Underwood – I was a little confused that they kept Underwood and Stevenson both. Um, I thought Underwood w- would be the one easier to go, even though Stevenson cost more. 
Um, I look at him as somebody who's maybe not completely figured out. Um, he's had success at various times, and it seems like he's discovering a little bit of a new version of himself. Dwayne, I agree with you. I think he's largely been misused. I mean, he's not an eighth inning guy. Um, he's been put in bad spots. If he was pitching the fifth, sixth, seventh, lower leverage, I think he's going to fare better. But at this point, I feel like we have a pretty decent read on who Dwayne Underwood Jr. is. And I mean, maybe that's a major league pitcher, but I'm not sure that's somebody I'm going to allocate more than a million dollars to and and soak up that opportunity. So I don't know. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think they view those guys as somebody they know they can get a certain level of production out of. They don't need to overtax younger arms that they really care about, i.e., you know, De Los Santos or Holderman. Um, they're not going to blow out Hernandez, gives you options. But I would kind of be be shocked, guys, if they went into this season with both of the, those guys on the roster. I feel like there are other pieces you have to look at there. I would, I would totally agree with you. I think both would be an unnecessary, I don't even know if you call it luxury. It's just unnecessary. Unnecessary my, redundancy, yeah. at least. Yeah. Right, right. And they really like Chase DeYoung. And, and then as do I. Like, I have zero problem with Chase DeYoung being the next one and pitching – you know, multiple innings, the fifth, sixth, seventh in that range, fine. You know, but I, I mean, we're talking about, about three right handers that do about the same thing. I can't complain about what Chase DeYoung did last <laughs> year. Um, and even like the, the underlying numbers didn't make it look like he was necessarily getting lucky either. Um, it was just good stuff. I mean, yeah. I, I thought he really kind of came into his own. Um, one more pitcher I wanted to kind of bring up because I haven't heard very much about him. It's on the 40. Blake Cedarland. What do you do with him? There was a, a not very long ago, he was seen as the definitive closer of the future. And I don't even know how fast he's throwing a ball now. I don't even yeah. know if he's throwing a ball full strength right now. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. He's one though, Gary, that he just scares me. He scares me to give up on him because he's the type of guy that could like catch on in a year with some health and make you look really bad. Um, that being said, I do think you could, you know, stash him or manipulate it in such a way that, you know, if you have to take him off the roster and like back channel something to get him on a minor league deal, get him back. I mean, I don't know what the market's going to be like for a kid like that. Like, I'm not sure you've got multiple serious arm injuries, a full, elbow ligament replacement surgery. I'm not other I'm not sure other teams are going to sort of take that on at this point. The Pirates know his arm the best. Um so I I wonder about like he's not the first route I'd go. Put it that way, like I would I would for I don't know, for Rich Hill for instance, you know, you're going to have to take somebody off, right? Like I'd probably go Dwayne. Um I might go Valati Valati, I don't even know how you say it. I'm not yeah, sure I it matters. I bothered to learn it either. I think yeah, I was to to me it's I just I just feel like he's taking up a spot right now, but yeah, exa exactly. Exactly. I mean, why are you going to run him out there when like you still have to learn about Cal Mitchell? You want to play Sawinski theoretically, if you're not going to trade Reynolds, what do you well, do with Connor Joe signing? Connor Joe, right. Connor Joe changed that. You know, if you wanted to have him just show up to camp and try, I get it. But now that you got Connor Joe, no, <laughs> I don't see the point in that. So yeah. Yeah, anyways, the, the roster to me looks better. I'm kind of excited for spring. I actually think there's going to be healthy competition all around the diamond. Um, outside of the mound, Jason, the only thing I'm really concerned about is who plays uh, backup shortstop. And I'm not saying they should have kept Kevin Newman, but 
that was something they had. They had a lockdown drop-in replacement shortstop that could eat innings if O'Neill got hurt or, you know, went through a really bad stretch defensively or something. He just wanted to pop somebody else in there. Yeah. Well, now what do they do? I didn't really like what I saw from Castro last year. I don't think Bay is really a shortstop. I don't necessarily like anybody. I don't know if Piguero was any better than Cruz. Maybe true. I'm not sure you want to active roster him at this point either. Like, I'm not sure he's at a point where if you're not playing him, you're doing the kid a disservice by having him up here to sit. Right. Um, Yeah, they might not be done. Honestly, Gary, I mean, that, that that might be the answer to it is that, you know, they don't feel like they have to play anybody and they get somebody with some positional versatility that, you know, i.e. a Wilmer Defoe type, a Philip Evans type. I don't I don't love it. I don't think, you know, Pirates fans would love a signing or allocating a roster spot like that. But like, I understand your concern. Um, I might really- I was just going to say, it is really hard. You look at the roster and you try to find someone that can play meaningful shortstop innings right now other than Cruz. Yeah. It's hard. Um, And I don't know. I mean, hey, if if O'Neill Cruz plays 150 games, then I guess we don't have to worry about it too much. But, um, you know, I don't know if they're willing to let him do that yet or if they won't. You know, know, they like to give him days off. They might want to give him some days off. um, you know, at DH, who knows? But I just, it's really hard right now to find someone. Bay, I could see maybe, but even then, he, it's it's not his true position. So, yeah. yeah what do you guys think about Marcano? At shortstop, I try it? at shortstop, I'm not a fan. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I like him as second base. I don't think he has the arm strength for shortstop. But I could be wrong because I haven't seen him try. You know, um, remember a couple of throws he made from the outfield, though. Yeah, I mean, he, I, I've he seen that poorly out there. I don't know how I feel about it either. I'm just rolling it out there. It's not. It's something, though, Jason. I don't see a, a path to Marcano making the roster if he's not in some kind of role like that. So, you know, if I'm him, you like Swiss Army knife bouncing yeah. around everywhere. Which, yeah, you know, sure. he's got. I I like his makeup, and that's. I think he's a. I think he he's a well coached sound fundamental ball player you know the bats light of course we know that but um i would love to see him be that guy for them he's a smart guy in the base pads um he doesn't embarrass himself anywhere Um, good but i mean all those little things that like let's be honest the pirates a lot of teams around major league baseball don't have guys like that anymore the pirates could use that for sure well, to me, that's the ticket of him making this roster. If he can play shortstop, like if he can give you good enough defensive innings in the outfield, which I think he can do second base, I think he can do. If he gives you shortstop, he's on your roster right now. He's on my roster to begin with, because a lot of what you're saying, Jim, I like the way he plays the game. I think it helps them. I think as long as he's not hitting like 160, yeah. you know, I think he adds value for them. I think he can do different things. Um, I also think they'd like O'Neill Cruz to play about 150 games. <laughs> I, I hope so. Hey, you need a draw there. You need somebody wa- that's watchable. Right. And he's, I mean, if, o- if O'Neill Cruz at this point, I mean, these young guys, I, I wouldn't be afraid to play him that much. I want to see Castro play that much to be quite honest yeah. with you. I'd love to see that. Yeah. I think, I think it's important to get Castro four or five hundred at bats this year and yeah, make a decision. It, yep. 
Yeah. I want to see these guys make mistakes, man. Like Sawinski, same deal. Um, you guys that are going to theoretically be a part of this thing, like, okay, let's let's get it done now. Get it out of your system now because like next season when you have more guys coming up, theoretically you should be spending a little bit more. Um, you know, I want to see them win 74 to 76 games, something like that. Take a step toward next season. But, you know, meaning 2024, should, right. there should be talk about like well, we're, we're over 500. We could make a run at the division, something like that. But you need to get that experience, 400, 500 at best for guys like Castro, Bay, whomever. Get it out now. I was going to agree. Are we, Gary, were we going to talk any position battles now or are we going to hold that for the third segment? I, I was just I was, well, Jay, something I Jason's going to dip on us and we're going to talk about that for sure. <laughs> Jason's a busy dude. But um. Yeah, I, I think that um, position battles, we kind of talked about the one that I wanted to get Jason's input on the most, that shortstop. I think that's probably, to me, my biggest concern. Outfield, I think, will sort itself out. The cast of characters, they'll just filter them through. Whoever wins, wins. I'm not really worried about it. Um, first base, I think we know what they're doing. Catcher, I think we know what they're doing, even though I think it's going to be Heineman. You know. Um, is it? Third. Is there a I chance think playing third? Is so. it? Is there a chance the Pirates, with the Reynolds situation the way it is? Hey, he's already not happy. Do you let Bay play center field and then make the move and let Reynolds play left? I would. I would. I, you know, I, I I think like you know if 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 he's unhappy and you can't make him happy contractually it's something i would consider guys i really would i would like to see that i mean i said it to his face he didn't seem to hate it so yeah i don't think that, yeah i don't think he makes that big of a deal out of this stuff that people perceive no. you know no no, I mean, guys, this is strictly contractual. He knows he wasn't going to get paid here. It's not like he's going to walk into that clubhouse and be a miserable, you know no, what? Not he'll at be all. He'll be fine. And, you know, I, I don't see him, you know, playing out the duration or getting to 2025 here. Certainly not. Um, he might not get to 2023 here, but I don't think if he shows up, it's going to be an issue. I would, man, I, I would want so him to play in center. Right. So, hey, Jason, this has been great, man. Um, really, no, I, for, I forbid, I forbid Jason to Leo. I want to talk more baseball. No, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> you guys will be just fine without me. Come on, come on. Well, he's out there digging for more information that he can give everybody online, and then people can ask his opinion and out and call him a homer when he gives it. That's right. <laughs> That's <how we're laughs> I love it. You guys are the best. You great, great work, man. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Jason. Appreciate thanks, it, brother. And uh, Jim, let's take another break. You and I will be back. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jim and I going solo now. That was a great talk with Jason Mackey. I love having guys like that on. We got to get back to Alex, too. We got to get Alex back on. Yeah, we just, uh, they come in. They don't know what we're going to ask. They don't, they don't uh, need any prep. They just talk. So that's, yep. that's how we like it. But sometimes Alex goes on that North Shore 9 show and he gets all goofy. 
And then I got to give him a couple weeks to kind of like get back to being a normal human being before I have him back on, you know, but, um, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get back to having more of that on, especially as spring approaches. Those guys know what's going on down there more than any of us. And, Dude, that's just it. Like we get the round spring training, we get Alex on here. He can give us a little bit of info, some vibes, some tidbits. That's when I get really excited for what's going to be coming up. So, yeah, we're talking to Justice too, Justice De Los Santos. We'll get him on as well. Um, I, I like I like a lot of the the coverage scene going on right now, and we'll and we're really start tapping into that. And what's crazy is, is we're really not that far away. I mean, like, it's weird. No, and you start getting into Jan, like, we're, you know, we're going to be well, into January. This show's is debuting here on New Year's Eve. So happy New Year's, everybody. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk a little bit about what happens the rest of this offseason. I mean, are we done, Jim? I mean, I, I kind of thought they might have been done before they signed Rich Hill. Now I'm looking at the roster and I'm, I'm really thinking to myself, all right, you just paid eight million for a lefty. That, I mean, I there's no way to look at it besides the fact that they, at least for whatever reason, maybe it's public pressure, maybe it's just they feel it's time to really show something. They 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 went out and tried to put some players on this roster to to make a push for for looking more professional this year, at least. It it certainly seems to me like yes, look, they're one year deals. We, we know what that means for, for a lot of these guys. Um, but they've certainly at least seen to make the decision internally that they can't take the types of pounding that they've been taking the last two or three years. Like that, right. that, that's, not, that's not tenable and doable this year. Right. And, uh, I mean, we talked about um, the possibility of Bryce Wilson being cut weeks ago. So – I don't think either of us were really shocked to see that. We talked a little bit with Jason about, you know, Underwood and Stevenson and, and you know, uh-huh. maybe even Blake Cedarlin. You got a guy like Max Cranick sitting out there, like probably poised to go on the 60 day IL. Do you maybe try to squeeze him through? Is that a risk you don't want to take? I, Villone or Villain or however you say his name. I mean, where, what do we do here with the outfield? I don't like the outfield right now, but I'm also to a point where I'm not sure I want to throw another grenade in that bunker. Yeah. I mean, it's a collection of guys. Um, Who was the collection of guys? Go ahead. We got Andujar, Joe, Brian Reynolds. Yeah. We got Cal Mitchell, Kanan Smith and Jigby, Travis Swaggerty. You got Marcano, technically, Marcano, I guess you could consider him. They consider him and list him as one, so yeah. Yeah. Juwan Bay. Yeah, Bay. So, like... So, do you want another one? I'm not saying, like, this because you've been railing for it. I'm asking, like, specifically, do you think you want one? And if you do, doesn't it have to be a certain pedigree? Like... We've already got enough guys, right? Like, so... If it's just another guy, then no. Um, if it would be somebody else, problem is, who is that going to be at this point that, that's worth to carry, that's going to be a two- or three-year deal? I think you just have to let the Sawinski thing play out. Find out what that is, right? Is that is that 
a platoon have guy. Des- have you decided he's a platoon guy? Because I've seen a lot of people have decided already that he's just never going to hit lefties. And I hate doing that with rookies. Um, I feel like real quickly you become Colin Moran. Um, you know, Clint Hurdle was really famous for like being afraid to let Colin Moran face a lefty ever. And then finally they started letting him face some lefties. Like once uh-huh. Shelton got here towards the end of Clint Hurdle and lo and behold, he's out there, you know, hitting lefties. <laughs> I mean, now it happened to screw up his entire home run swing to the point where he was just plopping everything over to left field. But I think you have to do that early on in a career, don't you? I mean, I look, Sawinski's already surprised me. So I wouldn't put limits on that at this point with him. Um, he, he's such a student of the game. We all know what Jack Sawinski does in his journal and the way he charts things. And like, if there's a guy that can figure it out, I'll take that kind of guy and give him an opportunity to do it. So, um, you know, we've got the splits with him at home and away. We've got the splits with him with lefty versus righty. I'm really interested in just giving him a full chance to play. I don't know if they're going to do that, Gary. Do you? I, I think that's as big of a question of anything in the outfield going into this year. And, I don't and know how it's going to go. Like, if they keep, for instance, if they come out of spring and they keep Connor Joe – and Miguel Andujar, I could see them playing, you know, uh, a righty-righty corner with Brian Reynolds in center. And then when they face, a, you know, a right-handed pitcher, they slide Reynolds over to left, have Bay in center, and then Jack in right field. You know, so I could see, like, him kind of being forced into a platoon because of how they're set up. But again, I'm not 100% sure that's what I would do with a young player like that. I think I would at least – let's see what he can do. Let's at least see what what he looks like against lefties this year. He's got a whole offseason to train. I think he's shown that that's what he'll do with it. Mm-hmm. Let's let's let him see what he can do. I, th- I think you kind of have to. You want, him, you want complete players. You're not trying to cultivate platoon guys. Right, and especially when a guy shows what he did from the, the you know, the, the the with the limited amount of playing time he got, in the sense of his power is legit. We know this. They they still need the power, so I, I I would let him try to fight through it a little bit and see how it goes. But you've got enough guys, like you said, you've got. Andujar, you've got Connor Joe if he makes the final roster. Um, what do we do with Bay? You know, we were just talking about it with Jason, and we talked about it a little bit in between the break. Like, I don't want G1 Bay to be, if G1 Bay is going to be up and playing, I want him to play. Absolutely. You know, and so it, it's a lot to figure out. I wouldn't want guys like Connor Joe being muddling that situation. I would. I can agree with that entirely. And to me, he's just a guy. I'm not, I'm not concerned about him either, but he, he does have a little bit of a major league baseball track record. He's had an OPS that was much more decent than a lot of what they trotted out there last year. 
they desperately needed some right-handed options. So I don't mind getting the guy. But at some point, this team is going to want to get eyes on their number one pick. It wasn't their number one pick. But Travis Swaggerty, at some point, to me, you got to give him a little bit of a run just to at least see what's there. Don't you? I would agree. I mean, what's the sense of doing what you've done with him till now if you don't ever? I mean, he's still on the 40. You know, like, I mean, like, he hasn't been traded. Are you just going to let him wither away again? Uh, uh, that I'm doesn't sure make any would, sense. The thing is, I'm not sure who would trade for him. And I say that because the only reason we care about him, and, and I mean me in particular, I shouldn't say we. The only reason I care about him at all is because he's a number one pick. His numbers don't say he's a number one pick. His numbers don't say he's somebody I should care about. Um, he hasn't done anything in the minors to, to excite me. And, you know, am I being unfair? Cause I never really liked the pick. Maybe. I mean, but he's but kind of just turned looking- out exactly as I thought he would. Yeah. And I mean, and maybe I'm under the wrong assumption when we're talking about like um, guys getting playing time, but like I, I, I'm, I'll be shocked if Andy Har is not getting a lot of playing time. Like I, I just don't. Isn't that the reason they brought him in to see what's there, to see what happens if they give him a cha- a full chance? He's I not going to be. He's not going to be a bench it, bat, is he, Gary? I think it was when they got him last year, and. You have to keep in mind, too, he's one of the few arbitration guys that they didn't just uh, tender. They gave him a contract. So he's here. Right. Um, like when we talk about cutting Ro- uh, Robert Stevenson or Dwayne Underwood, well, he hasn't been paid yet. You know, Andujar is getting paid. He's got a contract. What are they going to do with him, though? I don't know. I don't think it's as clear as it was. You know, Carlos Santana now, so he's not getting DH at bats like he did most of last year. Um, he can play the outfield, but I don't know that you want him to a lot. Not not you know? our left field. Not right. our left field. Right. So, so what do you do with him? I don't know. Yeah, you because know, like to me, if it were me, and this doesn't. This doesn't solve everything, but I, I would start the season with Bay in center. I would have Ryan Reynolds in left, and I would have Jack Swinski in right. But then I don't know how you do these other guys. I don't know. How, you, how, do, how do you – where do you find playing time? I mean, I figure they'll keep five outfielders. I think they'll keep five if you count Bay as an outfielder. You know, I think he'll – probably get enough playing time out there that you would consider him a fifth outfielder. So him, Reynolds, Sawinski, Joe or Andujar. Mm-hmm. And then I think you have a competition between Kane and Smith and Jigba, Count Mitchell, Travis Swaggerty, and the loser of Joe Andujar. And Which, depending I'll be on honest, what- I think it's going to be Joe because he's got options. <laughs> Yeah, and then we also talk about we've talked about Marcano a little bit too, right? Yeah, I mean, I was being polite by by allowing you guys to talk about Marcano. I don't believe in him at all, but I just I don't see it at all. I mean, he's not the worst outfielder, but 
I don't know that we want a Judy hitter really um, playing out corner outfield at PNC Park. I really don't. Probably not. But if he can play both infield and outfield. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to see him actually play the infield more. They didn't like what they saw at second base, and they definitely didn't like what they saw at shortstop. So they moved yeah. into the outfield. So I just don't we'll want to see them. I just don't want to see them take Castro. Like, let him play second. If you're going to give him time off, give him time off. Don't don't let him fill in at short. It didn't go well. Um, I'd rather just leave him be. I know I we're supposed to be talking about. I think he's the logical fill in at third base when Hayes goes down or needs a break. So, I mean, unless you think Andujar is, which I don't, you know, I cannot see that. I can't. So, I mean, yeah, I guess even though Andujar has been paid, is he safe? I don't Just know. From like, what we talked about maybe not. <laughs> maybe they start. Maybe they. Legit, would you have a problem if they just let Andrew Hart play left field and give him the at-bats? I wouldn't have a problem with it if nobody else looked like they were better. You know, if, if nobody yeah. else has looked like they, they won the job from him in spring and they handed it to him anyway, I don't know that I'd be too happy about it. Especially this year. If you're going to spend some money, like, you know, you got to be willing to drown some ducks too. I mean, like, What's a million dollars, really? You know, uh-huh. $1.25 million or whatever. Okay, you made a mistake. You didn't realize you were going to get Carlos Santana. You didn't realize you were going to get, you know. But you know, they like these types of guys. They want to see if it's there. Um, I just, I just I think they're in a different me. place this year. I really do. I think they're Could in a be. different place. But I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. The outfield, I think, is a jumbled mess. And I... The funny thing is, I don't think it adds up to good. I really don't. I, th- I think your, the, your lineup you suggested with Bay in center, Reynolds in left, Sawinski in right, to me, that's their best outfield. Like, just on paper, that's what I would try it out there 75% of the time. Defensively, that's pretty good. Even. Sure it is. Yeah. I mean, I think offensively, it's probably pretty good. Right. But... You know, now you want an alternative for that against lefties where you shove somebody else out in right field to sit Jack because Bay can hit left handed pitching. I mean, he always has. So I don't, uh-huh. I don't even have, I don't even think he needs a platoon really. So yeah, where do you get these at bats? Where are all these right handed at bats coming from? You know, there's, well, there's that- just a lot to think about here. And I'm glad they have contingency plans and we're having these conversations this year instead of, Oh my God, they have literally no outfielders. You know, yeah. that was just two years ago, people. So, well, I mean, we, we, we were starting to see Cole Tucker in the outfield for goodness sakes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you can't, you, you can't, you can't be going through stages like that very long. I mean, so, um, my, my big thing is Anduhar is like, where would you, Ideally, you'd like to DH him some too, but I I would assume that that's going to be primarily Santana. Well, could you do that when you have Santana play first base? That might be the opportune time to get him at bats at DH. You could get him some. Uh, yeah. You know? 
some is kind of case in point when you're talking about like every once in a while players. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, I expect him to maybe get 300 at bats this year if he's used. I don't think you're going to give him a lot more than that. He's a sub reserve at best, don't you think? He ain't a starter. Are we talking? Are we still talking Andy Hoare? Yeah. I think so, but I don't know that the Pirates do. I think if they didn't, they don't go get Connor Joe. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we haven't we haven't even talked Valade or Velotti or whatever for the most part. But I can't imagine him even being there. I'm probably not going to bother. You know, yeah. um, I think he'll go into waivers. Somebody will pick him up, or he'll clear and come to camp as a NRI and see what happens from there. But yeah, he doesn't have much of a shot either. You know, you got Matt Gorski. What if he blows up this year? I mean, like. He could he could jump over all those guys we talked about, realistically. So I mean, yeah. the outfield is going to be interesting as hell this year. But I won't cry if Andujar doesn't get an opportunity. I won't. No, uh, essentially, what he is is a more talented, more accomplished Anthony Alford, uh, and that's not saying a whole lot. And I think that that season that. Andy Hart did have was 2019. So, I mean, we're heading into 2023. I did like what he did at PNC uh, last year. I thought he he had really good gap power that played really well there. Um, I thought he he provided something once they signed him. So, again, taking a look at him this year, I don't mind at all. But how much do you give him? I think it's kind of changed over the course of the offseason based on who they've signed. You know, I, what I would agree with him. you. It's I hard, would agree it's with hard you. to say though. Yeah, because we are as Pirates fans, we're we're kind of like, well, they paid this guy. He's going to play. We know he's going to play, you know. We know that but maybe that's not the case. Like really, maybe that's not the case anymore. Maybe it kind of can't be. So I certainly wouldn't let it be at the expense of finding out what Bay is, fully finding out what Jack Selinski is. I think if you're still doing that and letting him, I mean, if you let Andujar play, I would have a quicker hook than I would with some of these other guys that they have allowed to stay out there and flounder. Um, so I, mean, I will say, like the next wave of outfielders after this one. It's it's pretty far away, you know, and and it's not a lock at all. Like what what they have in Double A, Matt Frazier. Nobody knows what he is right now. Last year was awful. The year before was great. Hudson Head. Nobody knows what he is. Connor Scott. I don't. Right. Yeah. Lolo Sanchez. I've wanted to see Lolo Sanchez for a long time, and I've liked watching him in the lower levels, but. Nobody to get super excited about, though. No, nobody, nobody quickly, anyway. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you start getting into like the lower levels. Okay, then you start getting into your Lonnie White Juniors and your, you know, Shaylin Polancos and guys like that. So I mean, like you, you could have some interesting stuff, but this wave's got to pay off, <coughs> which means you can't just start throwing them away. 
which is why like guys like Swaggerty, you maybe have to kind of be more patient with you. You kind of maybe have to make sure you get some bats for him because cutting somebody that I think's floor is probably like a fourth outfielder bench guy. Well, that's better than some of what they've trotted out there, isn't it? Yeah. And I think like bringing it back to what we were kind of essentially asking is like, are they done? I think they are in the outfield for sure. I just yeah. don't understand why you'd bring in another body. Um, I, the only thing I could see is maybe if they saw a pitcher that was available. Um, are, are they done at catcher, Gary? I, I think uh, they are. Uh, yeah, I, I think they're done. So, like, maybe, maybe a pitcher. I just don't understand or can't foresee where you would – make room to just sign another guy at this point. It would have to be a, it would have to be a guy that you actually wanted and went out and got not just another guy to bring in as a body. No, I would agree with you there. It can't be somebody that takes up a 40 man spot. Right. Right. They're at that point. Right. So I I don't know. Thank God. There's a lot to to happen yet, but I do think we're going to have a lot of um, conversations about, people moving to the outfield um, from other positions. Like I wouldn't be shocked to find Andy out there at some point, you know? Um, yeah. That, that's another thing, right? Well, we're just talking about like that outfield depth and, you know, if, if Jason's right and, you know, Brian Reynolds is going to end up getting moved here within the next year or two, which I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that's impossible, but if that's, what's going to happen, they've got to replace it internally. That's only going to come from this wave of talent. So they've got to show it like this year and next. So I yeah. don't want to block it all up with Andujar and Joe and, you know, even Sawinski to that degree. If he, if he can't hit lefties and he shows you that in the first month, fine platoon. That's what he is. Let's at least get half an answer instead of none. You know? Yeah. Um, you're going to have to do things like that, but I, let's hope they're not stubborn about it and they make sure that they get eyes on these guys when they can. Well, that's all. Yeah. And, and just real quick, look, spring training for the pirates, it's going to be as interesting as it's been in a long time. There's a lot of pitching to sort out and there, there is, is a lot, lot of legitimate battles. Right. Legitimate. We, we talk about these battles and we'll do a real battle show here pretty soon. Um, maybe next week with uh, your buddy, Matt, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll do like a position battle show because what I really love about it is it's loaded with guys that have options. So when you start talking about it, we won't be pigeonholing ourselves into, well, this is a lock. So this isn't even really a battle. No, it's really a battle. When we talk about like Andujar, who's got a, a signed contract, potentially not making this team, that's the kind of battles we're talking about this year, <laughs> right? So, it well, because be really Gary, yeah, if Andujar doesn't show anything in spring and Bay is just raking, are you? What are you doing? What are we? What are we doing there? Absolutely. I mean, so. I don't know, man. It's it's going to be fun. I'm actually really looking forward to spring more than I have in quite some time. I really am. Um, me too. Like Craig invited me to go down, and I'm trying to figure out if I can get covered at work so I can go 
go down with them because I know, dude, I've never done it. I, I want to do that. Um, I should, you I, should, I've done it a we couple should. times. I've done it a couple times, but like this, this one would be, you know, a little bit more fun. I think this year, right? So, yeah. Anyways, uh, good stuff, man. Happy new year to you. Hope 2023 yeah. is, uh, another year where we put COVID further in the background or at least stop caring about it. You know, even though I might potentially have it right now, we'll see. <laughs> but, uh, our shows, Hey man, bigger and better things are coming. And, uh, I appreciate everyone uh, sticking with us and spreading the word. And, uh, thanks for Jason for coming on, but yeah, man, looking forward to it. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, it was great talk with Jason too. I love that. Uh, absolutely. So anyways, Anyways, let's go ahead and let Ben take it away instead of us just uh, catting it up for another half hour. Ben, have at it. Happy New Year, brother. Let's go, Brian!